0: and welcome back into the Buffs Nation podcast. After a bye week, back in action, Buffs on the road at UCLA this week. Jared all, Ryan Smith back in studio with me. How are we feeling this week? How we
1: doing? I feel like it was good to have a week off. I think I needed that. I was a little hot last week. So it was a little little calming weekend, you know, the leaves are falling. Get out and just enjoy yourself from several people. Like Jared was worked up. Was, I got this I told you it like it ruined the end of my vacation man so <laughs> it really kind of threw me in it, it, it really stuck with me
0: well uh no game to recap this week so it's gonna be a little bit of a shorter show normally we come in and give our thoughts on the previous week the game the news there's there's just not that not much going on now news uh the players were on break this week you know um did you guys on the break quote unquote the break did you go to miami la Houston like Shador and some of the other players and hit all the major hotspots in the in the
1: country or uh, you, know, you know woo's Vegas. media I was not aware of the Woo's media budget having that, uh, you know, fitting in there, so yeah, I, I, a, I I guess I missed that memo. <laughs> that sucks
0: for you because Woos Media's got a hefty one. That's our PTO policy yeah, yeah, exactly. Right?
1: <laughs> no,
0: it was really cool to see on uh, on social media, uh, following some of the players. And this is what I love about NIL. And the new era of football. Now, some don't like it. Some say they like the old school, staying you know, stay on campus, keep working. But these players get a chance to spend some money, have a little bit of income, have a little bit of fun on these breaks. But all things given, this wasn't a normal break. This wasn't a normal because it was a bye week. So these players were kind of caught up in the middle of a two week uh, a two week break from the actual games, and then a break from school going, you know, home, going to different places. So, different time for the Buffs. We'll talk about that in a second. But last week, no game for CU. And they had to buy uh, a few teams in in the Pac-12 had to buy. Matter of fact, only four games with eight total teams in the Pac-12 last week. UCLA beat Stanford 42-7, so... I tell you what, the Bruins keep on rolling. It's going to be a tough matchup this week that we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Utah gets the win at USC 34-32 and destroys the chances for the uh, Trojans to make any kind of playoff run. Uh, Oregon gets a 38-24 win on the road against Washington State. The Ducks are for real. The Ducks are a good team. Big matchup this week against Utah on the road. And then Washington gets a 15-7 hard-fought win on the road at Arizona State. So... Those were the four matchups last week in the, in the uh, Pac-12. And as I said, the Buffs rested, relaxed, ready to go. Travis Hunter, I'd say, is the biggest factor there for me. He gets one more week to kind of prepare, rest, and uh, get ready for UCLA.
1: Looking at the state of the Pac-12 right now, what team surprises you guys one way or the other most out of well, what you've seen? After, after the season has unfolded, I'm not super surprised by USC's
0: defense, but the way they've crumbled last two weeks, you know. I thought they would bounce back last week. I thought a shock against Notre Dame on the road. That surprises me in a negative. I guess Utah kind of surprises me in a positive because after the, after we heard Cam Rising was likely to not come back, now it's confirmed, and they've been operating with a backup quarterback all year. I mean, is Kyle Whittingham the best coach in college football? Like yeah, The most underrated, certainly. No kidding. So I'm surprised by them. I would put UCLA in the surprise category. You never knew what was going to happen. They're
1: a team right now, 23 Look, in the country.
0: They lost Orion Thompson-Robinson last year, their quarterback, and they've filled the gaps, so uh, Oregon State's a surprise. Uh, uh, Oregon is right there in the top. Yeah. So I mean, Washington's no probably
1: the one to me that surprises me. Now they have yet to face the gauntlet of their schedule. They have a pretty tough back half of their schedule. So that's the team I'm probably most curious to see. I think the best probably hope for the Pac-12 to make uh, the playoff this year. Well, one thing the good coaches in Pac-12 have done the last couple of years is win after bye weeks.
0: As we mentioned, different kind of bye week for the Colorado Buffaloes and uh, Coach Prime mentioned this in his press conference. Now, Usually, when you have a bye week, it is two weeks to prepare for one opponent. But it's a little different based on the actual scheduling of school this year. And Coach Prime talked about this in his uh, press conference.
1: Uh, well, you, you've had a couple of weeks, but you got to understand they had a break as well, so they didn't have two straight entire weeks. They had a, I think, a four, four day.
0: They had four days off before we came back and worked on Sunday. Then we worked on Monday. We we're off today, but. Uh, no matter how much you prepare you got to execute you got to execute what you set out to do we got to be um thank you lord we 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 got to do better we got to do better and i'm pretty sure we will so i know coach says the right thing but the truth is the reality is this is unfortunate for the buffs every other team in football has these two weeks and you know what one thing i love about coach prime He's never going to make excuses. Coach Prime's never going to sit there and say, I mean, darn it, they had two weeks. We're sitting here coming off a tough, you know, we're, th- this team doesn't know each other like other teams. and we-. You're never going to hear it from Coach Prime. You're always going to hear the right things. Even when Dan Lanning is running his mouth preseason, Coach has nothing but good things to say, right? Other coaches talking, everyone's talking, Coach has nothing but good things to say. So that's one of my favorite things about Prime And he's used to this, right? He's used to that. everyone saying stuff, but he's never going to take that route. Even one little dig he's not going to take. So I like that response. It's like, you know what? They did, but who cares? we got to get ready to go, and no excuses. So he says the right things, but the truth is, we all have to understand, it's certainly a, a downgrade, a... Disadvantage? Disadvantage, thank you, for the buff, so... All right, let's talk about this. You know, like I mentioned, a little bit of a shorter show, nothing to break down from last week. So Buff's on the road at UCLA. If you own a business or know anyone who owns a business, consider using freelance work to get great jobs done and save money today. Now, what is freelance work? Freelancers are self-employed experts that you can utilize without having to go through the dragging process of dealing with a business. If you want something done like graphic design, professional, uh, professionally and affordably, Fiverr is the perfect place to check out. Other common things that freelancers are used for technology marketing website design you can find a personal tutor on fiverr.com you can find a musician to help music for help write music for your project on fiverr.com you can find almost anything you need professionally and affordably on fiverr.com click the link in the show notes to save on your first freelance experience that's fiverr.com click the link in the show notes to save all right uh let's get to ucla hosting the buffs um i want to start off with colorado's offense against ucla's defense because this is where I think we're going to win the game. We've proven this year, I don't think the Buffs are going to win many 13-10 games against good opponents, right? So let's talk about this. Colorado's offense, what needs to happen to find success this game on the road against UCLA's defense? Home field advantage is, is where I think we should start, right? The home field. UCLA has one of the least home field advantages, or like the lowest home field advantages in the, in the Pac-12. They don't show up. There's really nice away locker rooms, you know, good hotels nearby, you get a good night's sleep. And when you think of home field, it's not always about how loud is the crowd. It's it's also, do you get a good night's sleep? Do you get a good meal? Do you have your normal amenities? So... I think that in terms of the average home field advantage, not a huge downgrade for the Buffs.
1: And not only do UCLA fans not tend to show up the way that a lot of other schools do. That's not uncommon by the way in LA teams. In that, that's an issue in LA pro teams as well. But the Rose Bowl Stadium where UCLA plays is a destination spot for people to go to to watch games. So you, you tend to get a lot of people from the away team traveling oh, as yeah, well. Buffs so fans are going to be there. Be definitely going to see some Buffs fans out in the there. Crowd. All right, uh, stats here. Colorado's
0: off offense. 28th in the country in yards per game, 432. Uh, 15th in the country in points per game, 34. Second in the country in passing yards per game, 346. And then uh, we know this stat, 124th in rushing yards per game at 86. So Colorado's offense, I mean, statistically not bad so far. Like I said, 15th points per game, second passing yards per game, impressive so far. So that's got to keep going. But UCLA's defense will have something to say. Overall in the country, ninth in the nation in yards per game allowed, 291. So UCLA is given up 291 a game, Ninth in the country. That's going to be tough. They are 11th in the country in uh, rushing yards per game, 56th in passing yards per game. Oh, excuse me. I got that backwards. 56th in passing yards per game, 2nd in the country in rushing yards per game, and 11th in actual scoring. So... Uh, let's go through those. UCLA is giving up 16.2 points per game, 11th in the country. They're giving up 226 passing yards a game, which is 56th. And UCLA is allowing 65 rushing yards a game, which is second in the nation. So look, the way I look at this, you may say, oh my God, those are good stats. Honestly, I see a good matchup for the Buffs. This is actually much better than if the Buffs struggled to throw but ran it for two seventy five a game because UCLA is elite stopping the run and kinda average stopping the pass. So I think this is actually not the worst matchup ever for the Buffs.
1: No, it plays into the strengths of your offense. Obviously, the Buffs have struggled all season long rushing the ball. You, you kind of know what you're getting with this offense. Part of that, as we've talked throughout the course of the year, is the style of this offense. It's the nature of it. It was always going to be a pass-dominated offense. I think they'd like to see the running more and utilizing the running backs right. more. But it, it this offense can be successful even in, when it is passing well, heavy. And I think what it just plays into the strength, which is the wide receivers on this team. Look, I was surprised. To see those UCLA stats. I didn't know UCLA's defense was that dominant. As, as you were going through that, I had to go start looking back through their schedule. I was like, who have they played? And what have they done? I mean, you get a, a Utah game that was 14-7. to 7, They lose that game, I and mean, that's a, a low-scoring, hard-fought defensive matchup. They held Washington State to 17 points. That's that's pretty impressive from an offense I, like that. See, that's, so. what I,
0: that's what I'm saying here is, is this, this is a weird, sneaky, not great matchup for the Buffs because Colorado wants to score – and then maybe you're going to get your yards or points. Like, you know, look, I, I know some CU fans may be upset with me right now, but I don't think we're going to win any games defensively. Like, we shouldn't expect that at this point in the season. I love the staff, I love this team, but like, that's not going to be the reality right now. So, to beat UCLA, don't you think we have to score a little bit? And facing this defense is going to be tough. That's the reality I see this weekend against this team. But as we mentioned, they're great stopping the run. Not as much stop in the past. And those teams you mentioned, Jared, Washington State, fill in the blank, they're not as good passing the ball as Colorado is. They don't have a Shador Sanders on their team. So that could be the X factor here. Who knows? But I'm telling you, it's a, good, it's a better matchup than it looks on paper.
1: And I think it comes down to, as you kind of alluded to just start with, that this is, this is the where the game is going to be won and lost. Whichever, you know, if the, if the Buffs offense can make this an offensive game, a scoring game, that gives them a huge advantage. If UCLA can keep it a low-scoring defensive game, that's going to be hard for the Buffs to win that.
0: Well, and let's look a little deeper here because at the overall stats in terms of pure passing yards allowed a game, 226 a game for UCLA, which is 56 in the country. But if you look a little deeper at the advanced analytics, some people love them, some people hate them. But Pro Football Focus College, PFF College, has UCLA the ninth best pass coverage in the nation. So if you isolate pass coverage, UCLA is, still, UCLA is still ninth in the country. So, you know, I wonder, can Colorado find themselves open on the outside winning those battles? Because in that same stat, PFF College grades Colorado's receivers 59th in pure route running. Interesting, right? Make of that what you will. Some people hate that. Some people love that. I'm just giving you the actual stats. But in terms of the grades and the highest grades, you know, in the country, are like 97s, those are Heisman winners. Average is about 65 uh, for the buffs Xavier Weaver, 68.1. Mikey Harrison is actually second on the team in receiving, 63. Javon Antonio, 60.9. Jimmy Horn, 59.7. And Tavares Dawson, 52.8. By the way, Hunter, um, because he's recorded more snaps on D, he doesn't qualify for this, so fix that PFF Seriously. I don't like that stat, (laughs) because I'm sure he'd be up there. But these these aren't the numbers that I expected to see based on what we perceive these receivers to be. Now, I will also say this, two things. We have the habit of every year falling in love with Colorado players because they wear black and gold. I mean, every year these receivers, it doesn't matter whether it's 2001 or 2021, which wasn't a fantastic—well, was that one of the good years? Anyway, uh, 2018, Whoa. let's say. I'm pretty confident I would agree. Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Every offseason, we're like, you know what? This receiving core, who knows? And y- y- you build on that with the YouTube videos and the exposure and the familiarity with these players. It's like, did we overestimate how dominant these receivers could be? I thought Jimmy Horn— was like fastest, best player in the nation quality. He's a good receiver, but I think the, the season's unraveling showing us they're really, really good, maybe not as elite as we thought. And, and these PFF numbers kind of show that. So I wonder in this matchup this weekend, can these guys, can Xavier, can Jimmy, can Mikey, can Javon find this separation to win those battles on the outside? We'll see. And then we mentioned this before, uh, the, the, the running backs, you know, Dylan Edwards, Anthony Hankerson, is it going to stay those, the, those two on the top? Because so far up to this point in the season, heading into the bye week, Dylan has 54 carries, what, 250 on the ground, one touchdown. Anthony Hankerson, 56, 239, one touchdown. Those are the same stats pretty much like the same well, and, production. And
1: with Dylan Edwards, it, it'd be interesting to go break out what was that first game versus the next six games for him in his production. I mean, he well, was I so it productive. I think slowed down a little bit, bit. But, but that's But something- remember,
0: he caught the ball a lot early on,
1: too. So it was receiving the way he impacted and, it early I, on. And the that's season. something I think, while you may not have a lot of ability to run the ball against this UCLA team, that does not mean you should not make a concerted effort to get these running backs involved in the passing game. I think that really opened okay, things we, up. We've talked on. about that if they do, they do. That maybe not not be
0: part of Sean Lewis's game plan, but I want to talk about the what the next chapter of this running back room because Savion Wilkerson has gotten 20 carries so far. He's kind of been that third option, the afterthought a little bit. You know, I think there's a lot of thanks for coming. He's from Jackson, right? Savion? I'm pretty I sure he so. is. Yeah. Um, but Alt McCaskill has kind of come back. I think he only has 12 carries or so, but he's gonna get back in the mix. So do we see what what do you guys think? Like what do you think we're going to see here? It's just interesting, right? With Dylan, Anthony, Altenback. back. coaches said that's the most loaded room in the team. So it's very interesting, but we're going to see the second half of the season or last 5 games with those a couple players.
1: Yeah, based on what you're hearing from coaches, I mean, over the course of the last month, you've heard Alton McCaskill's name a lot. So I think there seems to be a concerted effort to get him more involved in the game plan. Now, we haven't seen that a ton in the last couple of games, but that might be something they're still building back up to. Again, remembering he's coming off of a serious injury, had missed over a uh, a year in total football. So I think that's something that Maybe as you're coming off this bye week, he's now kind of integrated in that you might see it. I, I think that would probably be something that, you know, if, if if you can't have success, you can't just keep beating your head over at, over and over, mm-hmm. right? You have to change something. You have to try something different. Well, and with these receivers and running backs, we're
0: going to see what schemes change, too, and what these coaches can do to put these players in different positions. But, uh, you know, so far, I think we should expect to see some success this weekend. You know, it's not going to be a route. I, think, I don't think we're going to have our way. But I certainly believe, especially when you add Travis in the mix, the Buffs could have a lot up their sleeve, man. The Buffs could have so much ready to go on offense, and I think we should all be ready for for somewhat of an explosion potentially. That's what I think. So UCLA has had good numbers this year. They've shown some vulnerabilities in the passing game, and I believe a rejuvenated, healthy Buffs offense, healthier uh, can show up. If you want to bet these games or other college football games, check out BetterEdge.com That's B-E-T-T-O-R, like sports better, edge.com Better Edge has gotten rid of the risk, aka gotten rid of the VIG. You know that pesky minus 110 that we all have to pay for every bet we make? That doesn't exist with BetterEdge. Now, they get around this because they're actually technically a social media platform where you can legally sports bet. It's so cool what they've done. They've gotten rid of all that unnecessary risk and tax, so the average sports sports fan can have fun betting sports check out betteredge.com put in promo code buffs for a free 20 bucks seriously you don't even have to put in a dime you sign up use promo code buffs they'll give you a free 20 bucks to see how you like betting vig free that's betteredge.com promo code buffs all right colorado's defense against ucla's offense this is where the buffs are gonna have to show up okay because it's gonna be I don't like, like we talked about, you know, the buffs aren't just going to go up and down the field on offense. They're going to have success, but not all game. There's going to have to be sometimes where this defense steps up, third down stops, turnovers, whatever it may be. Okay. Let's talk about uh, some stats, first of all. Colorado's defense. Now, these are rough, but these are the stats. Colorado's defense, yards per game allowed, 128th in the country, 473 yards per game, passing yards per game allowed. 130th in the country. That's out of 133. Uh, that is 316 yards allowed per game, and then points allowed per game. CU is 120th, allowing just under 36 yards per, or 36 points per game. Uh, UCLA offensively, they are 24th in yards per game. They are 44th in passing yards per game. They are 26th in rushing yards per game. And they are 63rd overall in points per game. So as you can see, they are very good. Not elite at all of those stats. Maybe a slight deficiency in the passing game. But my goodness, have they improved last couple of weeks. So overall, UCLA... Not a lot of holes offensively.
1: Yeah, they're they're certainly an efficient and one of the best in the Pac twelve, uh, in running the ball. I mean, this but, so is so a Chip, Chip Kelly offense. That's right? exactly what I was gonna say. Uh, Chip it's, Kelly. It's it's what you've come to expect from him. And and that's what concerns me the most probably with the buffs uh defensively, is that's that's been a problem for them all year long. And it's tough, right? It, it, it's tough to to really have to hone in on trying to fix that right now. Okay, but we this mentioned team. but we mentioned Dante Moore, the the quarterback. Is he going to play? They they
0: they changed they made a change last week, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they went went back to uh Garbers, Ethan Garbers, who was the I guy call who's, the, I call him the little Gerber baby. The Garber little baby. Gerber, <laughs> the little Gerber the Garber babies. Uh he was actually the starter for week 1 for UCLA and then they turned to the freshman Dante Moore uh going went well, back Dante last week. He had a
0: 51% completion percentage. 10 touchdowns, seven picks. Like, he wasn't doing it, it If for you him.
1: remember four or five years ago when Dorian Thompson Robinson started there at UCLA, it's very similar thing, right? He just probably, Dante Marsh is probably not quite ready for that moment right now. Uh, give him a couple years, and I think he's probably going to be looking a lot better. Uh, on the outside, their
0: two best receivers, Jadavion Stewart, or excuse me, Jamichael, St- uh, Jadavion, St- see these names, I, when I'm unfamiliar with these names, all right, Jamichael Sturdevant. It's not that bad. Jamichael Sturdivant, number one. So he's a number one and the number one. Uh, and then Logan Loya, number 17, are the two best receivers by far this year, at least statistically, right? Last year, or last week, I'm going, you know, no real receivers who could beat him on the outside. And then, what's his name? Io Manor shows up and looks like, uh, you know, A.J. Brown. It's like, what's going on here? So I should preface all this with, So far in the season, (laughs) UCLA's receivers haven't done much. Sturdivant, number one, Loya, number 17, the two best. Uh, They combined, those two, number 17, number one, for 50 catches and six touchdowns. The next target on the team has 11 catches. So it's a clear-cut 1-2 on that offense. And the takeaway, honestly, should be, when you look at the stats, look at this, the way they run their offense, the takeaway should be they don't use their running backs and, and tight ends very well at all. This is an offense where if you stop the outside of the field, you have a very good chance to stop them in general. So I like this because the dimensions that you have to focus on, they they get shallower and shallower. And it's like, okay, this game plan becomes simple. Stop the run, one-on-one, isolate on the outside, have Travis win his matchups, and this suddenly becomes a game where you have to guard half the field and offense shows up. So I know I'm making things simplistic, but you look at what they do well offensively, I know they have a good stats, but it's like, who's going to beat us over and over? Who is that player? Who is that Eric or that whatever, Alec Iamanner? I don't see one on this roster. Now, maybe there is one like last week we
1: didn't see him, but I don't see one on this roster. So I also think that, I mean, I'm, I'm maybe wishing this into existence for my own sanity that this, this – coaching staff this defensive scheme coming into this where there's going to be some adjustments made again having the extra time to prepare for this travis hunter being a a healthier version of himself a more conditioned version of himself getting back into full speed football hopefully we see some improvements just on that behalf there
2: yeah um uh, this this week in particular um i think colorado's defense is going to be what ultimately wins this game this week um not only do you have Travis back, assumingly 100% healthy now, you know as much, as, to, much yeah. as you can be. Um and we talked about uh, you know a little bit of the struggles that we've had, you know we've all watched it, but um in the first four games, CU allowed uh over 206 rushing yards per game at 5.3 yards per carry. Last 3 games um, CU has given up 92 yards per game and 2.9 per carry. It's great! Wow. So much better, improved in the last three games. Also, a little bit of news for the defense that I heard that I saw this week um, is they're going to start playing Trevor Woods at linebacker a little bit. I like that. I heard something
0: like that too. He wants to start putting him closer to the line. I. But and see, you saw the, the the thought process on the field the last couple of games because. Uh, seven. Cameron, uh, Simon, Craig. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit closer to line, and then he's going. And so they started kind of switching, right? And and you see C- Trevor closer, and and so I like the idea of Cameron a little bit further back, Trevor closer to the linebackers. And using that kind of he he's got linebacker quality. He's Absolutely. a big
1: guy for a safety. Yeah. He's a big guy. He's I he's, mean, he's undersized he's as a linebacker, yeah. but he's physical. And I think he's physical enough to be able to hold up against the run there. But but I do think that's an area that the bus defense does need to improve. I think that's some of what we're we're seeing is the lack of you know coverage in their right. linebackers. And well, so okay. that brings a more of a coverage coverage aspect on that second level but, of the defense.
0: You mentioned coverage, but Trevor can also help in the run game. He's physical. Exactly. He can do yeah. so much in plugging up the hole. And Ryan, I'm glad you brought that stat up because that's actually true. They've been doing a better and better job. And that's what's going to come down to this game. Despite the common misconception that UCLA and Chip Kelly and these other offenses are these passing vertical offenses, that's not the case. Look at Lincoln Riley. When he has his best offenses, they run the ball first. Chip Kelly, offense, or, or, or uh, college football, NFL, when he has his great offenses, they run the ball first. This year, same thing. They've run the ball 200 or... Uh, They've run the ball 229 times. They've thrown it 222. And, you know, that's counting sacks and things like that. But this is a balanced offense. They want to pound the ball, they want to keep it on the ground and stay to where they're putting their quarterback in a good position where you never know what's going to happen offensively. So I think Colorado's stopping the, the run here. Again, we, we're, we're saying the same thing, but that's so important. Such a big deal this game, I think, in this matchup, stop the rush.
2: If the game plan is to stop the run and let our supremely talented secondary handle these receivers, I think that that's a good recipe for the Buffs.
0: Well, because here's the thing. I don't think UCLA is going to be able to throw it for 300, for sure. dropping back 45 times just in a normal set.
2: And I will say, too, I also just saw that uh, Chip Kelly is non-committal to either guy for, okay. at, at quarterback this week. So another positive uh, to help out this defense, you know the old saying is if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. So if you know maybe things aren't working as well, maybe we get uh, you know a few uh, a few mistakes because they're switching up quarterbacks. Who knows? Speaking of having two quarterbacks, we'll talk about this in a few weeks. I'm
0: sure you see who the buffs signed or who committed to the buffs. Sure did.
1: Ooh, buddy, yeah. Oh, all man. right. Love all that. right. We got to wait a little bit for that Fourth one best to come quarterback. In. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Uh but just I want I want to push Sorry. back a little on what you guys say cuz I think if we all take a step back and listen to what was just said there, that's the exact same thing we would have said before Stanford. This offense can't keep up with those passing. They can't throw 300 yards. They can't yep, do sure. that. And that absolutely happens. So, now, do do I think that CU will learn from this? Yes, right? Like I I don't think you're going to see those mistakes made Two weeks in a row, especially coming off of this bye, I really think that there's going to be hopefully a point of emphasis in addressing some of these leaks that they've had defensively in certain areas and certain games. So I, I, I think that, that, that you know, that should improve itself, but I think we just need to take a step back and say, hey, these guys, honestly, with the state of what we saw of this defense two weeks ago, absolutely could do those things. This defense has to play better if they're gonna keep them from beating them that way. All right, should we get to my keys to the game? Ryan, do you have your keys with you?
0: No sound effect hold, this week? Yeah, hold the All right, keys to the game. Every week I do my individual keys for the matchup. I put I put some thought into the X's nose, the uh There you go. So that's a classy sound effect right there. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, keys to the game. All right. Number one, to beat UCLA specifically on the road, here's what we have to do. We talked about it. Stop the rush. Sell out. Make the game plan around Travis Hunter. And here's what you do. You say, okay, Travis, we're giving you the reins once again. We're putting you one-on-one, maybe with Sturdivant, maybe on the right side. I don't know how they're going to do it. One-on-one with their best receiver. Have you to uh, Shut them down. And then the game plan every play is to cover the other half of the field however you have to, stop the rush, and plug things up. So this the game plan starts around Travis, stop the rush, make UCLA uncomfortable because that's what Chip Kelly doesn't want to do is just throw the ball.
1: So that to me... Key number one. And I think that actually ties into kind of what we were talking about in making this your style of game, right? The bus need to make it their style of game, which that's going to be a high-volume passing, you know, explosive offensive game, hopefully, right, for the bus. Make them beat you that way. Make UCLA beat you that way in the game you want to play. All right, key number two. We haven't talked about this one yet. Uh, Third downs.
0: Now, this comes up often on, like, TV show keys of the game but we like to avoid the obvious ones, but I think this is going to be a uh, big this game. Okay, third downs. Now, I talked to you both before the show. I want to see what you both have to say about this. This year, this this surprised the heck out of me. In the country, Colorado is 19th in the nation in third down conversion percentage. Okay, so that has to continue. They have to continue doing that, but why do we think that is? Why do you think they're 19th in the country in third down conversion percentage? Is that just part of this great offense? Part of what we've seen.
1: What is the explanation behind that? The first thing that comes to mind for my to mind for me, excuse me, uh, is is Shador Sanders is a as a playmaker. That's one of the biggest assets that he brings is his ability to extend plays, make plays, you know, outside of the pocket, whether with his feet or throwing the ball. And I you look at a lot of the third downs. And that's very much what you see: is is Shador the play breaks down, he gets out, he makes a play, he gets runs for that first down, finds a guy open on the run. So I think him being a playmaker is is really first and foremost the biggest part of it. But I'd be curious to know, Tyler, and and I don't know that you have the stat in front of you, but what is the average distance to go? Okay, on, I don't have that, but what I do
0: have is actual number of third downs per game. Okay. And Colorado's fifteenth in the country in that. So they're seeing a lot of third downs per game. Yeah. So because because uh, you know I bring up the, the distance
1: because if you're putting yourself consistently in third down and short,
0: but look, I wouldn't see the buff like I'm, not, you, I, I'm well, trying you to. You guys think have said it, yeah. the buffs
1: are like consistently getting third and two or no. no,
0: that doesn't seem like them to me. Here's what I think: is in the drives where they are, it's sort of like hidden, right? We we're converting third downs where it matters on these quick drives, but I don't think CU has a lot of third downs on their successful drives. So when they're scoring, we're seeing them go down on chunk plays. But on their sustained drives, maybe they convert three or four first downs and then punt. And it's sort of more hidden to us. So the stats show it and we go, hmm, that's interesting. So it just doesn't pop out to us as much. Look, when I saw that, I was going, that doesn't seem like their offense. Their offense doesn't seem like a matriculate down the field, convert on third down type of offense. But the stats show they're efficient there. So back to my key to the game. If we can keep that up and the Buffs can continue to convert on third downs, that to me means game control, clock control. Letting Chip Kelly not dictate the game in his own home field, and we flip that, now Colorado's doing that. So I think third downs are going to be important, and they've done it so far.
1: Yeah, I I, I think when you look at the way that Chip Kelly, he also wants to have a fast pace, push push the pace with his offense. So I think... For the bus, if you you know you obviously don't want to change your offense away from well, what they're successful at. Well, they're not going to slow at, down and go but, slow. But know. when you have the ability to extend drives to keep your defense off the field to let them get rest, that is going to be huge. I mean, really, just keeping this defense fresh throughout right. the game. All right, anyone want to guess my third key? What has been driving us crazy lately? The, what has uh, been penalties? Dri- Thank yeah, you. I was, was going to say discipline. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Penalties, mistakes, discipline. Come on. None of that this game. Stop with the nonsense. And you know what? I would often say the coaching staff has to get it right. We see the videos, we see what they're doing. I think actually this is one of the instances where the coaching staff's doing a lot right. These players have to just wake up. The substitutions, the false starts, the penalties. They have to stop. If you're going to go on the road and beat UCLA and take one back, and by take one back, I mean get win a game you're not supposed to win, so we're on track to make a bowl game again. You can't make these mistakes. So I think that's the third key. That may be the most important key, though. You can't keep shooting yourself in the foot. So penalties, discipline, mistakes,
1: third key to the game. Yeah, I mean you're a 17 point underdog in this game, according to the But that doesn't the scare me. I don't care about that. No, we were but, a
0: 21 point dog against Nebraska. I, I absolutely, or it was, I TCU. absolutely
1: agree with you. But that's something that, again, let's look back at TCU. What was what made TCU successful against TCU is they didn't make those mistakes, and TCU did. They were undisciplined. They were out of character there. So I think it, it is huge for the bus. That to me is the number one thing I want to see in this game. Win or lose in this game. Don't let it be because of stupid penalties. Ryan, anything to add before we get
0: to our scores? Uh, No. All right, let's get to our uh, predictions here. Every week we gave our predictions in the form of a score. I will go first. And you know what? Call me a homer. I don't care. I think the Buffs, by week, plays a big role in this game. I think they're going to come out with some surprises. I think the offense will have success. Unfortunately, I believe the defense does give up a couple points here. But Buffs get the win on the road, 31-30. Tight game. Ooh,
1: the close one. We going the both for the close one. one. Jared, what do you got? I want to take the Buffs. I really, really do. And and I, I do believe at what you're saying and what we've talked about on the show. I think we see a better version of the Buffs come out here. But this is a good football team in UCLA. This is the 23rd ranked team. They still have a lot to play for in this season. I I, I think that the defense is going to struggle to stop this Chip Kelly offense running the ball. And I think that's going to be the difference in this game. I, I actually do think it gets to be a little bit more high scoring. I'm going to take UCLA winning this Thirty-one twenty-seven.
2: Ryan. Um, so I actually have a low-scoring affair. Um, so why do you think that is? You just think that that, that I think that Colorado's going to find because UCLA we find, talked about it, their defense is number nine FEI in yeah, the country. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, I think UCLA is going to come out and do what they've done all season, um, and I think the Buffs kind of figure it out a little bit here um, after the bye week, two weeks to prepare for for UCLA. Um, and what I'm looking for here is look you're not going to stop Chip Kelly's offense every single time so play solid between the 20s and a huge factor that I think can come uh, into play in this game is UCLA's kicker is only uh, 60 percent field goal kicker right Mm. now this year specifically only hitting 25 percent between 40 and 49 yards so I think he's going to miss a couple field goals Um, I think CU's going to do just enough. I got Buffs 27, uh, UCLA 24.
0: Love it. Let's bounce back after the bye week, get a win, get back on track to make a bowl. We want to go to a bowl game around Christmas. Let's make that happen at least a little bit further to that goal this week. Come on, Buffs. We'll talk to you next week right here on the Buffs Nation podcast.